We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sunday morning before Joe Burrows yes. comes the next big thing and wins the Super I, I don't know. I kind of just at this point I just I can't bet against the guy. I Joe Montana, mini Joe Montana. That's what everyone's calling him. He's uh, he's the coolest guy in the world. So I, I people will listen to this probably what before actually actually this will come out before the game before or after. Yeah, the but game, most so. people are probably going to listen to it after. So that's we're not going to talk about it because it could sound no really no. dumb. So no. but yeah, dude. But go, bro. The Warriors played the Lakers last night and I have a lot of thoughts on that game. I feel like that <laughs> game's like just it gave us a little bit of everything for like encompassing themes to talk about, right? It was uh the encapsulation of a lot of stuff that went on with both teams this season. Um I, I think the first topic we probably want to get into that that's probably the coolest one out of this game was Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, it just it felt like absolute killer man. Right? He's built for these games. I'm going to be like Kalena here. Just throw out one word answer. Just killer sociopath. Ugh, <laughs> ugh, ugh, ankle bones. I just, oh God. Why, why did you, I was trying to talk to Clay and then you, I, uh, no, I, um, just a guy that we've seen go through the wars forever, right? It, we kind of took it for, now it feels like I kind of took it for granted where we used to see Clay just go out there and just punish the Blazers, the Rockets, the Cavs, the Thunder, right. all these teams. And, you miss him for two and a half years and he comes back and he's shooting. He's just chucking 20 shots a game. And you're just like, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. He's almost there. And then tonight or last night, you get a classic Saturday night, prime time, uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry. And the guy, and the best guy on the floor in crunch time, Sam, is Clay Thompson. It's classic. Yeah, I feel like people, because the NBA is covered in a weird narcissistic way. People always want to focus on like, who's the best this, who's the best that. And if you were to discuss the Warriors, the offense goes as Steph Curry goes, the defense goes as Draymond Green goes. Correct. But Clay's just the closer in many ways. Like it's very hard. Like, you know, like the, the offense becomes inefficient if you don't have Steph running the show. It just does. But like yeah. end of the day, like you could make a very strong case. You want the ball going to clay 
when the game matters most. He's just got that. Um, and it helps that he's six, seven, let's be real. He can get a shot off against really long defenses, which the Lakers have, um, maybe not so much on the perimeter, but like, you know, LeBron, and Anthony Davis, he can get shots off that Steph sometimes has issues getting shots off with, uh, against locked in defenses. And I mean, he missed the game winner against the Knicks. The look on his face was peak. <laughs> you got lucky. I make that shot in my sleep and he does you know elbow jumper like that's the easiest clay shot of all time and he made up for it against the lakers today it's just like man i forgot how magical clay can be like you like there's no other way to put it i we missed him but you sometimes forget exactly how magical he He, is he just the shots that he's making too it's not like it's steph getting doubled and then tripled and then clay's wide open in the corner he hit a couple of shots there where he's off the dribble, right? They're down six a couple of times. He hits one off the dribble in the mid-range, and then he hits one leaning to his left. That was a three. Sam, like, what is that? Some of these shots I've never seen Clay hit before. I think um, a friend of the show, Marcus Thompson, uh, brought it up on a pod, and he, he was talking about the last shot that he hit as a Warriors was a jump shot in transition. Remember that? The three-pointer in transition. With Steph waving his hands. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. That was the last shot that he hit before he – we never saw him again for two and a half years. And he kind of tonight or last night, I keep saying tonight, last night kind of picked up where he left off with those shots where we don't, we've never seen that even in the, the, the 2016, 17, 15, right. Those championship years. Now we're seeing him hit shots that I don't know. It's, it's like, it's those shots that you hit that you're when you're a uh, number one offensive player on the team, that that's, that's what it feels like. Those are shots that you hit when teams are like, we got to stop playing. You can't usually it's, we got to stop Steph. Okay, we'll stop Steph and the goal, and the ball gets to Clay, right? Now it feels like shit. I don't know what we do. <laughs> if yeah, we double Steph, like what's over? It feels like some Kobe, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard type. Like, all right, right. game's getting tight. We're getting the ball to our long wing. He's gonna right. rise up, and if he oh, misses, point. if he yeah. misses, it's because he missed. You're not doing anything to affect him. Yeah. Uh, I'm just in awe of how good he looks, considering how long off he was. Like. I think I, you know, emotionally, I thought he'd be fine, but I did not think he would be this good this quickly. Like, just absolute crazy. Did anyone? Like, nobody thought. Even the most optimistic Optimistic. Warriors fans did not. Maybe Rocco thought this. Maybe Rocco was optimistic and thought Clay was going to be this good. It's probably the only only person, right? But beyond that, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's crazy to see. And coming into a time, I think it's not like, look, if he made the shot against the Knicks, they win an OT and they won great. But tonight, wow, again, for the third time, last night at Chase Center, this could easily be a 2-7 matchup in the postseason. We'll get to this in a bit, right? That's the type of atmosphere that Clay's always been best. We've seen it a million times. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was a fun game. It was a very fun game, and they needed Clay because right. if you remember, like, okay, so the Warriors came out pretty hot, looked like there might be a blowout things turned Lakers actually took the lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter and the Warriors couldn't buy a bucket for God knows how long it felt like an eternity. I think it was really like four minutes of game time, something like that, but um, it's an eternity. And then clay started hitting and, and that's really what it was. They needed offense. Steph had a excellent floor general game, but was not hitting shots in the fourth quarter with exception to the finger roll to seal the game, which obviously was necessary, but still kind of, you know, Weak from outside, good at getting to the rim and drawing fouls. And, yep. you know, we'll, we'll talk about Steph later, but another eight assist, only two turnover. Like, he's 
all, any, all anyone wants to talk about is his shooting. And I get it because no one has ever shot like him before, but it's like he has done a lot to make up for the absence of Draymond on that end. And we'll talk about that part of it later. Um, yeah, man, Clay, I, I just, you know, 33 points, 12 for 22, just for reference in the fourth quarter, Clay goes six for 10. He had 16 points. Jeez. The Warriors only scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. He, he was there. He was their offense the entire way. And these were not easy shots. These were, like I said, these were like, you know, Kobe KD type of like, all right, I'm going to get us offense because nothing's working right now. Your, your, your point about him being six, seven and, and getting a shot off against defenders like that is, is I think, you know, if there is one criticism of Steph and it's not even a criticism, because how can Steph be taller? <laughs> um, is that, is that it, it takes them a lot to get shots off. And then you throw in the fact that guys are just doubling off pick and roll. Do you see Anthony Davis kind of lurk in the corner on Steph pretty much the entire game? Like very, engaged defense very good defensive game plan i was gonna say Kobe, by the way yeah yeah well about time they fucking showed up it's been three months of them not you know which is which is funny we'll get again we'll get into that too but i i think like that that with clay what you said is crucial because if he can discover that part of his game it's not like you don't need to be 25 to, to, to get the shots that clay's getting he's so composed with the shot he's not hurrying he's not panicking no it's, it's at his own spots. pace yeah yep. and yep. it's um and he's getting to his spots with ease. He's getting there oh, off yeah. the dribble. He's getting there off ball. It doesn't really matter. Um, I, you're you're going to have to send a second body at him if he's oh. like this. And if you send a second body at him, then you're putting Steph in single coverage. And I, Steph's been waiting a decade to see single coverage. <laughs> so, you well, know, it's like, yeah. it, it's, it's the perfect, you know, it's like we, we kind of thought the Warriors needed one extra guy. And that was kind of under the guise of maybe Clay would be a little limited and more of a spot up guy when he yep. came back. But yep. Clay looks like he's good. He's he's ready to just be that other guy like today in February. Like we don't have to wait till like next season once he's got his legs under him. It's like Great he point. looks he looks like that all star wing who can get his shot, which we've which we've always said is what we wanted around Steph just to alleviate some of the offensive pressure. We, we, I just, I don't know if I ever saw it, which is why I, I was always like, well, Paul George is probably a better offensive player and that he's going to shot off, but now, nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, now it's, it's, it's like, is Andrew Wiggins going to hit the big shot? Cause if, 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 you know, he hit a big one last night, but if they're going to double clay and, and maybe even double Steph, right. Maybe, maybe they just throw th three guys at the two, four guys at the two. Get into loon in the post. Yeah. Like uh, against air. Like Wiggins gonna have a big, we gonna have to hit a big shot. Andre Godot, or maybe Jordan Poole is gonna. He shot one off the backboard last night. That was pretty ridiculous. Like we'll see, we'll see. Those guys are gonna have to hit big shots in in crunch time. But but again, we'll, we'll cap this off by saying that that I think I'm a full agreement with you. I did not think of this, but it does feel like Clay has hit the uh, stage of I am going to get my own shot by dribble, by off ball. He doesn't need to stand in the corner anymore or stand in the wing. He's getting a shot. KD run can off do of it. Four, run off, off of four. four screens type of thing. You don't like need he, to do that type of stuff yeah. anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's going to be interesting if he does this a few more games in a row. If Because te teams are still kind of single covering him. They're still doing the – obviously, they pay attention to him. like, But they're still doing the uh, – we want to get the ball out of Steph's hands. You know, like – that's the defensive game plan. You mentioned Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis spent a lot of time shading Steph on the perimeter. And mm. to Anthony Davis' credit, he was really good at it. And he is really good at it when he's engaged defensively. 
you know what? They, they dared Clay to beat him. Clay beat him. You know, um, at some point you wonder if these teams will either start playing Steph and Clay more straight up or if they'll start sending guys at Clay in those moments. Um, and, and that's really, you know, it, pick your poison, right? Like you, yeah. you got to that. That's what you want to see, because it's like you you can't double both. I, I guess you I guess you could. I guess you could. I said that jokingly, but like. <laughs> But like I, I feel pretty good about Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, and whoever the fifth guy is being able to take care of one defender. So and Draymond will figure out that one. out. Yeah, he will get the ball to a lot he of lobs, a lot of lobs to to Wiggins cutting. To Kaminga, to yeah, Kaminga exactly. cutting. We'll get to Kaminga too. So I, I think uh, my largest concern this season was how are they going to score in crunch time? Um, it feels like you know maybe seventy percent of that alleviated with Clay, and then and for me it's like pray the other guys can make big shots. It's really what it is. Can I get a round of applause? Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off free shipping with the code lightyears20. That's the code lightyears20. So we all know how essential the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is for the precise trim below the waist. Now they have advanced skin safe technology and it reduces cuts to your most delicate areas. You can also enhance your perfect grooming routine with their ultra premium collection. So this package includes, you got the Manscaped premium deodorant. So not for your balls, but for your armpits. So this deodorant dries clear and is aluminum free and smells like their signature scent. You got hydrating body moisturizer. Have tattoos or issues with dry skin? It's designed to keep skin feeling clean, smooth, and fresh. And then you get body wash to lather you up with the infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. You get the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. I'm lazy, so I like two-in-ones. Things are scalped with an easy one step. And then you also get a free gift, three pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. That's four products plus a gift inside the ultra premium collection. All of these products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-friendly, and dye-free. The best ingredients with zero compromise. So again, get the 20% off for free shipping with the code LIGHTYEARS20, manscaped.com. It's 20% off, free shipping. The code LIGHTYEARS20 at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle. Thanks to Manscaped. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's let's move this forward. Um, so for me, the most interesting part of the game was the defensive side of the ball for the Warriors. And this has really been kind of my theme for uh, kind of since Draymond's been out. Um, I've been fascinated by how they've been able to hold it together while Draymond's been out. They're 13 and six without Draymond. If I told you Draymond was going to miss 19 games and they're going 13 and six, like I think everyone would be like, I'll take it, right? A lot of games, yep. End of day. They're, if they're going to win two out of every three without Draymond, like that's a 56-win pace. That's better than I would have expected them to do without Draymond Green. So in the aggregate, they're doing a phenomenal job. But I think this last week, and we can really throw the Knicks game into it as well, um, we're starting to see teams just make a point of attacking them on the interior, crashing the glass, just doing various things to take advantage of the fact that they only have Looney and Looney can't play 45 minutes, you know, like they have very little interior defense. Um, I thought the way the Lakers did it was super interesting. It was a lot of Russell Westbrook and Malik Monk had good games statistically, but it was a lot of LeBron and AD finding them cutting and the Warriors doing a disgusting job at catching those backdoor cuts. Like uh, Wiggins hit some big shots last night and generally played good man-to-man defense, but he fell asleep on some cutters. Um, and it wasn't just him. It was Steph. It was – It was everyone, man. It was everyone, yeah. It was like, ugly. They, uh, there was one possession where four Warriors are standing there and, and Wiggins is the closest one, and Malik Monk just cuts right through them, gets the ball, Disgusting. and puts it back in. And that those are the type of things that, like, A, Steve Kerr called it out postgame. He's like, we, did, we were terrible. Like, he, he, his perspective is like, you shouldn't need Draymond Green to direct you to sure. know how to do that stuff. Sure. But on the other hand, you have Draymond Green, that stuff doesn't happen. It, that happens once and Draymond's in your ear yelling at you. I mean, his communication aspect, like there's just no one better. No one. Yep. Yep. I, I, oh, sorry. I didn't even catch you. I, I think that's, that's the point is look, if, if they were able to, to, you brought this up weeks ago. I, you were way ahead of this. Is is if they were going to be able to, if they were good enough defensively to be this good defensively without Draymond, then what's the value of Draymond? Like to me, the the this this them struggling on defense just makes it clear to me how valuable Draymond is. Defense and and people don't care about that, but especially in these type of big games, in the regular season games against you know your your your, I don't know who, who did they blow out the other day? They won by like thirty a week or so ago. Uh, Dallas, right? Like those games, it, you know, it doesn't matter. You get have Draymond, you don't have Draymond, it doesn't matter. You got Steph, you got Clay, you're going to be fine, right? Um, but in these games where it's high intensity, you've got a team that's obviously locked in. They obviously have a good game plan. LeBron knows the Warriors playbook like the back of his hand. Like these are the games where Draymond is most valuable in the biggest games. We've always known that. So I think that's true. I also think, do you believe that they're just kind of tired? They're just, 
three games away from the all-star break like fuck like you're just kind of dragging ass to the end yeah i mean th- there's multiple things going on one you think Draymond's- there's something bigger that's worrisome i guess is my question to you it feels like you think there's something bigger that's worrisome with, with, with the defense now with i'm just wor- i'm just worried about their depth there like the reality of the matter is if draymond's not healthy and playing to right. the max of his ability they're probably not getting out of the second round like uh, that's true memphis would true. beat memphis would beat a draymondless warriors team in seven um, and quite frankly, I would not shoot like Dame anymore. If they want to win, <laughs> if they yeah, win that I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play the Lakers without Draymond because a seven game series with Anthony Davis versus Looney and LeBron, like that's a lot of pressure on a interior defense that would be weak without Draymond. So goes without saying Draymond's health changes everything. Um, my concern is when he comes back, do they have enough depth to keep Draymond fresh before the playoffs come into come around? And uh, because it's not like there's no one you're going to get in a buyout who can do what Draymond does. You're hoping to get someone who could allow you to play Draymond five less minutes, 10 less minutes against the San Antonio Spurs Thank against you. the, uh, I don't know, the um, Sacramento Kings, stuff like that. Right. That's what you're hoping to do. You're hoping to limit the wear and tear on Draymond green because they're not, they need him. It, newsflash, you need your defensive player of the year caliber player to do something. I, by the way, thank you. Uh, the getting the big man thing is not about winning a championship with that big man getting minutes. That's not what the, the point of getting a big man is. The, getting the big man is hedging that Draymond won't get hurt when he comes back. When he comes back, you don't want him to be going up against centers 30 plus minutes a night because you don't have anyone else. Right. So I think that's the hedge with getting a big man. Robin Lopez is not playing in a series against Memphis. He's not. If, if he is, he's playing five minutes a game, but the point of it is you want to get to Memphis so that Draymond is healthy to play those minutes. Um, maybe that guy is, maybe they're, they're banking. Wiseman's playing three on three, like no joke, right? He's, he's on count, playing contact three on three now scrimmage. Ramping so, up, ramping ramp, up. He's, he's, you know, 70% ramped. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Uh, whatever he is. But uh, yeah, I mean, this team, I, while you were talking, it feels like without Draymond, with Steph shooting 37, 38% from three, basically they're the Portland Portland Blazers. Like basically they're the Trailblazers because they have Steph who's shooting like Dame. Mm. And, and, <laughs> like they're going to be a first, Dame, second Dame doesn't command an offense like this. <laughs> Dame doesn't, Dame, if Dame doesn't. I go too far. Not, I went too far. Yeah, if Dame doesn't hit shots, nothing, that he doesn't do anything to help you win. So I'm calling uh too far. Yeah, too far. I refuse to accept that. Um, <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> to, to get back to the the, the Draymond point, um, I just want to throw some numbers out there. They have 101 defensive rating with Draymond. Mm-hmm. They're currently – they've had 108 defensive rating without him. 108 still above average. League average is, is around – Is that league average? No, league average is around 110. Okay. But okay. their defense with Draymond was far and away – better than anyone else's defense in the NBA. Yeah. And I, it's just like, they're slightly better on offense without Draymond. And I get it. You know, you just, it spaces you out a little more. It's really the Draymond Looney lineups where you're giving up offense. But uh, in general, he makes such a big difference on defense that it's hard to come away with anything. If anything, if I was the Lakers, I would be really disappointed about last night. They got a highly engaged LeBron and Anthony Davis. I know they didn't have great offensive games, but they played some very engaged defense, in my opinion. They got great games out of Westbrook and Malik Monk. 
and they were going against the Warriors with zero interior defense. That team is built to destroy a team who can't protect the rim. They're not built to destroy a team who can, um, you know, uh, protect the rim and they have to shoot from three. They're built to destroy teams that are weak inside, and they still end up losing the game. You know, so I'm. The role I'm, players I'm, are horrific. I'm seeing. I, I I'm seeing Laker. I'm seeing Laker fans taking it as like a moral victory, thinking that they match <laughs> up well with the Warriors. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, if Draymond plays, that game's over in the third quarter. The Warriors would have never let the Lakers back in the game if they had Draymond Green. That's kind of also yeah. the thing that I've noticed without um, Draymond. They could still get they, like they got a big lead on Utah on Tuesday, remember? And then Utah came back, and they just. They're just soft defensively without Draymond. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are, you know, they they might not be mentally soft. These guys might be, you know, Steph and Clay especially. But at some point, you can't. These guys are six. Steph six three. Clay six seven. Like you're going up against guys that are seven feet tall that are just. It's a forty eight minute game, and that's what that's what makes it tough. So, um, I, I'm with you. I also do feel like, um. Some of it's fatigue and some of it's uh, they, they in a playoff series, they would go kind of nuclear um, and just kind of go fast and pace fast. And I think Steve brought up that Draymond helps him play fast. I also think part of it is, is Steph's got to help him play faster, too. Like he's doing a great job uh, playing a floor game out there. But a lot of it is like Steph's just got to play better. He just got a one for nine last night. Like I get it. Like I get I get he's doing he's not turning the ball over and all of that. But he just got to shoot better in these type of games. It's very simple. Like you cannot get away with one for nine uh, <laughs> uh, and win these type of games. Like this is, that was last night, a post, a, a playoff game. That was, that was a, a playoff series. I will I say this. I will. I, I don't, I don't mean to like cape for Steph too hard here, but speaking as someone like me who capes for him nonstop, he just, you know, 24 points on 17 shots, eight assists, only two turnovers, five rebounds, 24 nine free in, throws. Yeah. An eight, an inefficient 24, eight and five game. Right. If Chris Paul does that, it's point God, point God, <laughs> point God. Steph does it. We're talking about how he's declining. Um, <laughs> Standards are higher, Sam. I just, they are, that's my point. Yeah. He's held, to Le- he's held to the same standards as LeBron James right. and, um, right. and, and uh, Kevin Durant and like the players we regard as the best player. Right. Like it, it, it's funny because I think Steph is probably playing his best point guard he's played in like five years like he just yes yes in this game in this absence like he's had maybe one turnover bad turnover game and like the 20 games Draymond's missed something like that right like he's been super good at controlling the tempo and not turning the ball over and getting everyone else going and we know that's what they this team needs him to be like a 24 and 8 guy instead of like a 34 and 5 guy just because like that's what they need without Draymond Green. Um, still, you know, it's like, it's just weird to watch him miss open threes. Like, I don't know how else to put it. It's just weird. Yep. I think that's it's really, at this point, it's more of you just got to make, and he was, I think the last few games he's struggling again. So, but it's just nights like these where you're like, well, it's, it's why they have Clay Thompson. That's why they work so well together. And it's still, well, to the Draymond point, it's still kind of heartbreaking, Sam, that they have not played on the floor yet together. Steph, Clay, and Draymond. It, it is genuinely it hurts because you see Steph and Clay last night and, and they look like they didn't skip a beat in crunch time in, in postseason games. And then you just remember how good Draymond is in postseason series. You, you remember like you, you can, you remember how Draymond used to just coast through the regular season in the, in the postseason. All of a sudden he's easily the best defensive player in the world. Right. And last night it would have been a perfect game for him to say, 
yeah, I'm going to lock down AD. Like, that version of AD who was nice last night, like, in not, been- not great offensively, but defensively, that's like, that's the Anthony Davis I know where you're like, good God, he's a, he's an absolute yeah. menace on yeah. defense. Yeah. But like, Draymond and the Warriors did a good job on him, but I think like, it, it is. It's just sad. That's all I was. It's it's sad. I want I want those three guys back together as soon as possible. And honestly, like w- the first half of the season, we had Draymond no Clay. The second half, we've had Clay no Draymond. They've wanted a pretty good clip in both iterations. Oh, um, all of that kind of bodes well for feeling pretty confident if you get all three together, actually healthy in the playoffs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the off season, a big part of me felt like they needed to add one more impact player and it didn't need to be like Kevin Durant. I would, I was just thinking a guy who knew how to impact the game. Um, even like in the way Andre Iguodala is an impact peak Iguodala is an impact player, even though he's not like a scoring guy. Right. Yeah. I thought they needed one more guy, maybe a, maybe a Siakam, uh, maybe something else. And just watching the way this team's developed out and how good clay looks like they don't. I mean, if it's there, you get it, but like it's it's not like an absolute necessity for them to have another another one of those type of guys, I guess. Yeah. Not yeah. with well, not with the strides Wiggins has made, Poole's made, Looney's made, and with the way that Kuminga's developed. There you go. That's the one. That's the one, Sam. That's the, hey, look, I I Wiggins looks great and, and he's making shots and pool, but Kuminga, that's the one. That he's got the He's got the aggressiveness that Wiggins doesn't to get to the hole. And he's got the size that Poole doesn't to finish. And if he makes those threes, like, and, and, and really last night, you can, the 18 points are awesome, but it's, that defense for a 19 year old is spectacular. I did laugh so hard at first possession. LeBron gets a touch foul on Kuminga. And I'm just like, you know, one of the, one of the, you know, three greatest players of all time versus a rookie. Obviously, he's getting that call, but I was yes. like, God, that's that's got to be so annoying because I don't think Kuminga fouled him on that specific play at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. But hey, you know, Steph kind of got the same type of call like a couple positions later. So such as such as life, you you earn your reputation, right? Kuminga's in the process of earning his. What What are your thoughts on that game from from him? Yeah, let's talk Kuminga, and then we'll get to the other stuff. Okay, yeah. I loved his game. Like he's, you know, what I like about Kuminga? I threw this out on Twitter, Christmas Day trying to dunk getting clothesline but javel and smiling mm-hmm. this game steve puts him immediately on lebron and he's like excited <laughs> to guard lebron like you, you you see how like he for me it's like the mental side of this like obviously he's got to develop his skills um become a more consistent outside shooter get better at reading the game defensively just the natural things that a young player has to go through but it's like mentally he's quote unquote built for this. You know what I'm saying? Like he wants to be a star and like, it just says a lot about a guy that like you throw him into this moment and he is excited to guard LeBron. He is like, he thinks he's going to be at that level one day and he carries himself like that. And uh, I think that is the biggest thing. Like you can't teach that kind of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. That's we keep, we keep bringing it up and it, it doesn't get any truer and it shows in moments like these. If, Last night he showed up and he was soft and he looked scared. Would you blame him? Like, would you would you blame him? It's a nineteen year old kid going up against probably one of his idols, LeBron. Probably watched him growing up. Like, this guy is is better than Jordan. <laughs> type of, he's for sure that type of guy, right? Because he's he's never seen Jordan. 
Yeah, and, he says he said actually post game, you know, he's he said it Kobe's his favorite player. You watch him play, that's not surprising. Yeah. Uh, okay. but he said I we me and all my friends grew up watching LeBron. It's like, yeah, dude, you're you're 18 years younger than LeBron. Literally half his age. Yeah, you're literally half his age. You were 10 years old and LeBron was in Miami destroying the world, you know, like yeah. of course wow. Yeah, dude. He was oh, wow. 10, he was 10 years old when <laughs> um the Heatle were winning titles. I like the wow of uh, I just because it just hit me and made me feel really old. Yeah, yeah. I just if I were him, I would be rattled. I would not like I would be shook that entire game. And it, it goes to show Yeah, like, it'd be like when you were guarding Zaza and the Warriors <laughs> World bro. You're Zaza. You're a little you're a little shook. He threw you a big elbow. You're like, all right. He did throw me an elbow. That was not necessary. It was like, it's not, come on. <laughs> that was really like you didn't need an elbow to get by me. Like, what's going on here? Um He's gonna be. A, it feels like he's gonna be a star, right? Like at least a star. I, I almost want to say superstar. Sam, I just don't want to get too crazy, but it feels like he's at least gonna be a star. He's going to be. Um, do you think that Shea Gilgis Alexander is on a track to be a star? Do you think? I'm not comparing. I'm just like that's such a of, random name. But it just uh. like impact wise, just impact wise. Like he's not. A, he's not right. Maybe I throw another name out there, but it, it feels like he's going to be. At, at the very least, that type of player. Just, you know why? I just don't want to throw Kawhi Leonard out there <laughs> because that's the easy comp that people are making because uh, because of, of what Kawhi yeah, okay. the Spurs. That's the easy comp. I wanted to throw something else. but God. You know who he kind of reminds me of is um, – and I got to throw – give the Discord credit on this one. He's got some Jimmy Butler in him. Um, maybe not with the posting on Instagram at three in the morning saying like built for this hitting the gym, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Kumi- yeah, I was going to say maybe a couple of years. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm not sure. I see Jimmy. Where, where's the, where's the, where's the comp there? The physicality to the rim. Hmm. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't get the reputation, but he's a free throw merchant. You yeah, know what I mean? It's just kind of like, it's very hard to deny him eight to 10 free throw attempts a game because of how much of a bully he is, you know, um, that's Kuminga's got that. He's more of a four than a three. Whereas Jimmy is like kind of a pure wing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a similarity because like, I always think about like Giannis is just too big and freakish. Like I don't like throwing that comp out there and Siakam is not really, he's like more slithery. He's not really getting to the free throw line. So Jimmy kind of always pops to mind as a guy. Interesting. Who just, you know, okay. it's like obviously Kuminga has to develop his playmaking to be Jimmy Butler-ish, um, but I think he's got feel to be a passer. Like he, he I, it's coming. You can tell Steve Kerr doesn't want him on ball right now because he's got significantly better options. Like we don't need Kuminga exploring his dribble <clears throat> drive game when you got like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and like all these better options. You just want him to use athleticism and cutting, right? Um, but I think like long term. He's going to be a guy that, you know, maybe you you run some pick and roll with. Well, the Warriors don't run pick and roll. But, um, you know what I'm saying? He does some playmaking and uses kind of that that ability to put pressure on the rim with a drive and kick action. It, it feels like he's gotten acclimated to this system a lot faster than, like, say, someone like Jordan Poole. Um, and, and, and that, I think, is is testament to his, his feel, right, that I think is really high. Not, I think Jordan Poole's feel is, too. Um, but I think just finishing ability, just play finishing. Um, a lot of the a lot of the warrior system is based around less around playmaking, which is why you always bring up 
They need more playmakers. They need more playmakers. But a lot of that system is built around, well, if you run this play this way, if you run this motion offense, you usually can get a pretty decent shot. Um, and I think with Kaminga playing with Stephen Clay, like he's just play finishing. And he's just incredible at it compared to anyone else on this team. He's better than Wiggins at play finishing. And, and, and those are the two most athletic guys on this team. Certainly better than Looney um, at the rim. So I think that's that's the big thing where I think he's doesn't it feel like he's probably going to get minutes now in the postseason? Like it, it, it's almost it's obvious. Yeah, like there's I mean, nobody he's, better. He's out he's, playing auto right now. Yeah, he's going to get minutes in there, and it's really it comes down to as long as he defends and rebounds, Steve's going to play with him. Steve wants him to be essentially a rim runner. Just use that athletic. Sean Marion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sean, by the way, Sean Marion was excellent, man. Great fantasy was, player. Also a great player overall. He was the Draymond. He was fourth, kind like, of the number guy, one but... fantasy player for about four years there. But yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, multi-positional defender, 20 and 10 without really having a play run for him. Just an absolute menace. What, what yeah. do you think Kamingo would say if, if Steve Kerr said, well, I wanted to be Andre Karolenko. What do you <laughs> Because that's another guy that the you know a nice nice glue finish you know finish guy and right, right. Fans obviously know him as a guy getting dunked on. But you think Kamingo would have been like what the fuck? you know Sean Marion you know you know he, Kamingo probably has no idea who Marion is actually uh, now that I think about it. But Carolyn Cole would have been a fun. Those I think those are two guys though. I think that's where Kerr's head is at. It's finishers, good fuel for the game, excellent defenders, um, and at some point. You know, you become Kawhi Leonard. At some point, you're the guy that's running an offense, but but not right now. And it seems like Kaminga's okay with it. He's not he's not breaking plays, Sam, to go ISO. Like it doesn't. He's not doing that. We're not seeing him break plays to kind of do his own thing. I, rarely, rarely do you ever see Kaminga do that. And I think that's his coachability. Yeah, I agree with you. And he is. Um, it's he's just very exciting. I also want to throw one other thing in there. Mm, mm. How about how about some credit for our guy, Uh-oh. Steve 2.0? Uh-oh. Um, I don't think the Warriors would have been equipped to handle a player as raw as Kuminga. Last year? Yeah. I, I just don't think they would. Nothing against Agreed. him. Agreed. Nothing. Um, he was – I mean – I'm just, I'm going to back it up. He shot 37% in the G league. He did a lot of that. Like, I want to, I want to show you, I can um, yes, 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 do yes. all this stuff off the dribble. And he wasn't developed enough to do that. So the, the warriors gave him a very defined role and he's thriving in it as they're developing him. Let's compare this to Wiseman last year, where they just kind of let him play and he was awful. And kind of lost his confidence. Like the Wiseman thing might've gone a lot better if they took this type of approach with him, more hands-on one-on-one attention, more like we're going to give you a very small defined role instead of just go out there and figure it out, you know, like Montessori style coaching. Um, So I I just want to, I want to call that out because that's a big change from last year. And it's a very positive one. It, It actually gives credence to the idea that they can do win now develop now at least on some level they can do that i was gonna say at least on the level if you have this type of talent because they're developing now because kaminga's good enough to play right now that's mm-hmm. really what it what it is kaminga's good enough to play so that they can develop him if kaminga's not good enough and that's a lot of that is on the coaching staff but a lot of that's just on kaminga i mean the kid just has talent like we don't know but let's say big jim big jimmy 
was was healthy all season, we don't know if he would be this good. Like, we we don't know. Like a lot of that's just on him. Even right. if he was put in the uh, the right situation, I, I just want to just want to give Kaminga a lot of that credit um, because you know Moses Moody is certainly like good player. He's going to be a good player for a long time. The scheme's perfect for him, um, but he's just not as good as Kaminga, so he's not going to get minutes, right? And people argue like maybe you should get min- minutes over Damian Lee or, or JTA, and I'm I'm all for it too. But like, there's a reason why like those guys that Damian Lee and JTA play over him because, I mean, there, you could argue that those guys are better. But Kaminga, you cannot argue that in a lot of these situations, the elites is not better than him. JTA is not better than him. Uh, Otto Porter doesn't bring the stuff No, but JTA knows where to be. So I I think that there's Steve Kerr is holding him accountable for mentally doing the things to play because on, on talent, there's no question. Like if it's a talent, he's got a significantly higher level of talent than JTA. Um, And that was true last year. Wiseman has more talent than Looney, but he has no clue where to be. But they just let him play. Which is okay. Yeah, which is okay, but letting him play is not okay. That's yeah, they should. That's I mean, like, in retrospect, they should have started Looney, and they should have made Wiseman earn it the way that they're doing with Kuminga. And you know what? Whenever Wiseman comes back, it sounds like that's going to be the approach. He's going to come off the bench if he's not – ready there if he's not like engaged and there they're just gonna yank him the way they do with Kuminga. He, that's he, by, by the way those be elites those be elites in minutes are just those right there just give them give them to big jimmy they're right there just hand them on right there for the taking yeah it's it, it's them. not gonna be that hard for wiseman to win that out over him he just has to <laughs> understand the basics yeah. of where to be you can even foul a little bit it's okay because <laughs> you're only playing 10 minutes you can foul six times it's okay yeah, yeah, 15 15 <laughs> to 20 but anyway yeah. What is HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. The new year is a great time to focus on what's most important to you, whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness. HelloFresh is here to help with the endless options and make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. HelloFresh cuts back on the time you spend in the kitchen so you can spend it on your other resolutions with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less. Plus, quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes and low prep and easy cleanup options, provides an even faster route to putting food on the table. As many of your listeners know, uh, I recently had a child uh, pushing three months now. I can tell you HelloFresh has been a lifesaver in terms of just making it easier and quicker for me to make dinner. I barely have time to do anything. I don't know where I would be without HelloFresh. I'd probably be running up a gargantuan takeout bill is basically the end story go to hellofresh.com slash lightyears16 use the code lightyears1616 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts lightyears16 remember hellofresh.com lightyears16 last topic we kind of skipped over this one oh Shout out, shout out our guy, friend of the show, LeBron James. Does not matter if his team is garbage. He will always show up with playoff intensity versus the Warriors. 
Um, don't you get the feeling like it's, it just doesn't matter. Like last year, the Warriors were garbage. We still had that same kind of like intensity vibe when it was Steph versus LeBron. Um, I said this before, but the Warriors define LeBron's legacy. Like his career, his careers, his careers defined by this matchup. Like he's had some battles with the Spurs and with some other teams, but the Warriors since 2014 have been the team that kind of, he goes against the most. It's always, it's just, it's like magic versus bird where it's just like you, you, you gain mutual respect for each other and you like define each other over time, if that makes sense. And you could say the same, by the way, everything for the warriors, is always about going through LeBron. So there's just a, it's kind of like, I feel like the rivalry has gone from hate to like, Yes. Mutual admir like you still want to beat the hell out of any team he's on, but it's like mutual admiration uh, because nothing is better than beating that guy. Yep. Yep. I God, that's such a good. You are, dude. You're on fire today. I think that's that's the one where fourteen fifteen. You could tell they hated each other. I mean, they were petty about it uh, because you know they're millennials. We're millennials and, and petty guys, guys as they are, and uh, they would never outwardly say that they disliked each other. Right. Um, but they did. And now, six years later, you can kind of see, like, I think, like, Steph and LeBron, there's genuinely, they just, they like each other now. They, 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 they are cool. But like you said, they still want to beat the crap out of each other. I always think this is funny, though. Um, one day they're going to have a Steph documentary out and uh, they're going to show Steph going up against Steph, Draymond, and Clay and going up against their rivals uh, through the years. And I think it's always going to be funny because you're going to see LeBron and three different jerseys you're going to see um you're going to see uh damian lillard in a couple of different jerseys james harden's been on like six teams you're going to see chris paul he's what he's beat chris paul in three different franchises you know what i mean like it's just going to be funny for <laughs> and then and then the whole time you see steph and you see clint you see Draymond, and all they wear is warrior jerseys and i think that's cool like that that is the cool part of I mean, 15 guys. different types of Warriors. Very. Yes. I really don't like the ones they wore last night. I just, I think you do. I really don't like them. They look like they look like mixed jerseys. I yeah. Like, they I just, like I, them. I, I like the colors. I like the font. I thought they were playing in LA damn near last night. It was just, I didn't I'm, I enjoy it. I, I, you know, which one jerseys I'm out on is the ones with the big, like, um, Golden Gate Bridge type uh, of, or uh, Bay Bridge, sorry, logo. Like, I, I'm just a little tired of those ones. I like the ones more with, like, Warriors in some sort of font with a couple basic colors. Uh, maybe it's the 90s, kidding me, like that whole aesthetic. That's more my style. Um, but I, li- I like them, personally. Um, I do understand when people are like, red? Where'd red come from? That's not yeah. what you know, but, like, I, I personally like it. Ugh. If you disagree, please, you know, send me an email cussing me out. <laughs> Should we end it there? Yeah, we'll end it there. Also, our break coming up. A couple games next week. We'll be back. Appreciate you, everyone.